Did you end up reading anything about a Reddit no. link I sent you? Okay. Cause... I looked at the picture and the title. Okay. Well, there is potentially... Have you been following Collapse? Because it is depressing as hell. I actually have it open on my browser right next to my show notes for today. And I've browsed through it ever so casually, but not in any detail. Because most of my free time has been spent looking at our topic tonight. So this will be a surprise. (laughs) This is something I've been hearing about outside of Collapse. A user by the name of Caesar 103 did a great job kind of outlining this topic that I wanted to open up this episode with. And I think a few people who listen might have an idea of what's going on here. But I think the overall idea of this event needs to be wedged into the mosaic that is the modern chaotic world. Okay. Do you know much about the geopolitics? of Belarus and the rest of Europe. It's rare that I know anything about any of the politics of countries. Okay. Well, there is a man by the name of Lukashenko. He is the president of Belarus, and he has been for the last 30 years. Basically, ever since they left the USSR, Belarus has been under a dictatorship. He is a very heavy-handed president. He actually considers himself the last great dictator of Europe. Okay. Okay, bold words. Belarus had an election last year that Lukashenko won yet again. I believe he won with like 85% of the vote. Mm. Europe doesn't believe it was a fair and open election. So they have had sanctions against Belarus since then. Okay. Lukashenko has also gotten on the offensive since then. He's kind of been a crackdown on dissidents and posing party leaders who have had to go on the run. And I believe the head of the second party actually was running from Ukraine. Like she was in Ukraine when the vote took place and hasn't returned since. So they've been on the run. And I believe it was last year, Belarus escorted a Ryan airline flight that happened to go into Belarusian airspace. They escorted it to the ground so that they could arrest a reporter who was on board. So they heard this person was flying. They realized that the flight path was going to go over Belarusian skies. So they basically intercepted the plane, escorted it to the ground, and then arrested the reporter who was on board. For what reason? Do we know? that's? They were critical of Lukashenko in the past. That's basically reason enough that they use. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm just looking upward is on a map. It's right between Poland and Russia. Yeah. In fact, that's going to play an important part here. So Lukashenko has been pissed off at the rest of Europe for their sanctions that they've put on them. What Belarus has been doing is basically advertising to war-torn parts of the Middle East that they're a free way to European citizenship. So they've been advertising, they get thousands of people from these countries to arrive at Belarus, and then they escort them from one side of Belarus right to the Polish border. Oh. Where they can cross, declare asylum, and at least attempt to get European citizenship. Well, no wonder they're putting sanctions on them. Well, this is after that. Poland is very pissed off about this situation, and it's absolutely coming to a head. And I'm just going to start. This is halfway down this guy's article. Again, Caesar 103, C-A-E-S-A-R 103, did a great job in a post. Poland, Belarus is the big one. Well, it seems like Belarus is flying in people from the Middle East who wish to migrate to Europe and sending them to the Polish border. Once they're at the Polish
Polish border, they're not allowed to leave, effectively leaving them stranded in some sort of no man's land. Prominent theory <laughs> among political analysts seems to be that this is a form of retaliation for the sanctions that you imposed and a way to pressure the EU into giving concessions. Another narrative is that Putin is the one really pulling the strings here and that his mm -hmm. latest development is just another offensive on the ongoing hybrid war, citing the Crimea battle that happened in 2014. True enough. In the meantime, since that took place, Belarus is in a very strategically important position between Russia and the rest of Europe. The Euro Observer reports that Belarus has been training operatives to conduct armed attacks on the Polish border. And sorry, what's happening? Like they said, these migrants are getting escorted right to the border. And then once they get there, they have a armed group behind them so they can't go back into Belarus. On the Polish border, there are right now 15,000 <laughs> Polish soldiers and razor wire fences. Yike. Yeah, basically they're just, all these migrants are sitting in between these two groups. Belarus has been providing food and heating because it is starting to become winter, but nobody knows what's actually gonna happen to these people because they're trying to declare asylum in Poland. And a few people have been able to break through the wall and technically Poland has been illegally expelling them because you cannot legally expel a migrant who is trying to declare asylum. You have to let them declare it, and then you need to do on a case-by-case -case analysis whether or not they truly meet that definition. Oh. Also, U.S. breaks international law all the time by doing this, too. Mm -hmm. They don't let migrants declare asylum. They just kick them out. Yeah. Okay, so the Euro Observer reports that Belarus has been training operatives to conduct armed attacks on the Polish border, and the Polish authorities, on their hand, also report that they expect an armed attack on their border. Quote from The Guardian, we expect that there may be an escalation of this type of action on the Polish border in the near future, which will be of an armed nature. Poland has mobilized 15,000 soldiers to the border. And on the other hand, Belarus is stepping up its game and conducting joint air patrols with Russia, as well as deploying A2 and AD platforms on its border. So both sides are mobilizing. The rhetoric is hard. Polish authorities say they expect an armed escalation. As we have seen, this armed escalation might come in the form of people armed by the Belarusian regime, not necessarily uniformed Belarusian soldiers. And most importantly, Poland is a part of NATO. And if they in invoke Article 5, they could drag NATO allies into an effort to combat what's going on here. I can't blame that at all. Based on what they're doing, I don't know what they're doing. What is their end game, Belarus? Destabilize Europe or at least piss them off because they okay. have sanctions. It sounds Belarus. like they're doing that. Since this has happened, Poland has had several groups of migrants actually like cut the razor wire and sneak into the country. They've been pushed out. They found mm -hmm. dead bodies on both sides of the border. Oh my God. Um, so I think I misunderstood this a little bit. These are literally refugees just looking for a way out of the countries they're fleeing. Yeah. All the countries, Syria, Iraq, Yemen, yes. where these are coming from. They're all from countries that have So gone they're just looking some for somewhere disarray. to go. Oh my yeah. God, this is so horrible. They're yeah. just using people as a pawn. Yeah, so but... Belarus, again, right between, it's the gateway mm -hmm. to Russia from Europe or Russia to Europe. Russia has very important natural gas and oil reserves that actually heat most of Europe. Okay. And Lukashenko <gasps> has been threatening to turn off the gas supply which mm. Putin has said would be a breach of contract with Russia, and he's super pissed off about that. And since that post was written on Reddit, Poland has asked NATO for an emergency intervention, not necessarily for soldiers, but for emergency talks. And that is literally developing today. 
Wow, I had no idea that this was going on. Yeah, it's a super messed up situation. I do think that this could actually be pushing into a little more than people are expecting right now. Yeah, uh, The it tensions between like Russia and the rest of Europe are super messed up at the moment. And Belarus is one of those satellite states that was part of the USSR. It's not anymore, but let's face it, it's part of the economic power that is Russia. So mm -hmm. it's under that group. Worst case scenario, I think, is that this finally pushes to a, a tepid war between Europe and Russia. And at the same time, a Chinese-American war breaks out and those would be two separate wars happening at the same time because China and the US has been pushing for war. At least the US has been pushing for war with China there for a while. There have been some tensions, with, yes. And you've seen the articles all talking about like the military leaps and bounds that China's been going through in the last little while, all drummed up to get some fear of China going on in the media. I have not, but okay. Okay, they're <laughs> out there, I can assure you. I, so that's I a worst case it. scenario. Best case scenario, I really don't know. Like, do they get these migrants moved throughout Europe? And then I mean, I what do they do about Belarus? Yeah, best case scenario, maybe NATO steps in as they're calling for and says stop that. But NATO is pretty much just Europe plus Canada, the US. That's pretty much what it is. It's the North Atlantic Treaty Organization. So yeah, it sounds like it could be treading on some sensitive and that's what I mean, like worst case scenario is NATO does get drawn in, but North America doesn't because they're still strategically scared of China. But North America and likes to be drawn into everything. They do, but if there is a separate war, it would be super messed up. Worst case scenario, two, two fronted yeah. war that nobody can decide on which one's more important. So it gets split and the whole world's at war. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna say that it's out of the realm of possibilities that everyone's just waiting for the chance to fight each other. Yeah, we do see history as a cyclical event. The only thing really missing from this point is a archduke by the name of Franz Ferdinand, I think. But that war never happened, so we're, we are where we are. Anyhow, <laughs> any questions, Chelsea? I don't think so. I think it should be interesting to maybe follow this and see what comes of it. I think yeah. it's definitely a humanitarian issue. Nightmare. Yeah. Being that it is happening right now and it's something I didn't know. I don't watch. Well, I listen to the news on the radio, but they haven't talked about that at all. Yeah. And I think this is just one of those stories that we got to keep our finger on the pulse of. Yeah. That we're kind of, we're running out of time to keep our finger on the pulse of everything. We might just need to do an update episode at some point on all the stories. Yeah. And all the stuff that we're watching. Yeah. Or like say that we're watching, but are kind of only doing that a little. Oh, here it is. It's a popular Google search. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, well, I should have been Googling more of that. Yeah. With that, I think that's enough real world scary doom and gloom for today. Yeah. Um, let's move let's... on to some lighter things. Yes. I hope you have an answer to the question I'm going to be asking. <sighs> but anyhow, we can do that after theme song. Go theme yeah. song. From the unexplained to the mundane, come join us on our journey to the fringe. I think it's a good time to start the episode. But we we are going to move into the Mothman part of the episode now. We already did the music. Yes. Hello and welcome to Journey to the Fringe. If you are here simply for the hidden numbers strewn throughout our podcast, I will just say them now. 18, 12, 
for 8,308 and brown. Good we luck. are your hosts, Taylor and Chelsea, here to help you through a journey to the fringe. <laughs> Chelsea is very excited about this episode, so I think I am. I am just going to shut up for a bit now and let her go. Yeah, he just did the beautiful intro as he always does. He's very good at the intros. And so to start off, like Taylor said, I'm very excited about this episode and I've spent a lot of time sifting through eyewitness accounts and researching that which is the moth person. I'm just going to be upfront now that it's probably going to leave you with more questions than answers, but it is what it is and you just have to deal with it. So for a brief moment, I thought I would start this episode out with a sighting from Port Pleasant Point. Mm -hmm. Pleasant, not Port Pleasant. I apologize, West Virginia. Now, hold but, on, hold on. Mm -hmm. Are we are we going to at least talk about what a Mothman is before? Yeah, we will. Okay. But instead, I thought I would start out by saying only that I was thinking about talking about Point Pleasant, West Virginia, but then not talk about it at all because after thinking about what I'm talking about, it just didn't align with it. So that's not what this episode is about. So forget it. Now that we've established that, we can talk more about what this episode is about. So submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call this story the overwhelming amount of moth person sightings happening that you probably don't know about in the area of Lake Michigan and surprisingly regular frequency since a long time ago. Okay, what do you think of my title? <laughs> I think we could use some concising. Okay, well, that's what you get. Okay. I worked really hard on it. Okay. So, anyhow, like my title suggests, because it was the perfect title, Taylor thinks not, but <laughs> I probably don't have to do an episode even. These are just, these are flying humanoid sightings happening in the vicinity of the Lake Michigan area, which includes Wisconsin, Illinois, Missouri, and Michigan, like the lake, but the state. This is bonus information, but researchers believe the moth person, we're being politically correct here. We are politically correct. This is a global phenomenon. Citing Cornwall, England's Owl Man is evidence with sightings going back to the 70s. In addition, stories similar to what I will be talking about have also been reported in Texas and Arizona. So it's going on all over the place. Right off the bat, while I did find my research in various places, there's one person I found to be a wealth of information who goes by the name Lon Strickler. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. No. Is that a pseudonym? or? I don't think so. Okay. I'm pretty sure he just straight up goes by Lon Strickler. He is of Phantoms and Monsters. And he has been investigating in the forefront flying humanoids since the late 1970s and has been keeping quite good record of them, if I do say so myself. So these sightings are going back to at least the 1950s with a huge onslaught of sightings starting around 2017. This increased amount of sightings starting in 2017 led to more historical accounts being reported as people became more aware of the phenomena and became aware of places they could report such sightings. The sightings are happening in this area surprisingly often. Just to give you an idea of the frequency in which they're happening, there are articles that I read that were titled, quotations, three new sightings of flying humanoids in Chicago over a span of 10 days. So it's happening a lot. These sightings are happening generally during the evening, at night, after dinner. You know the time of day that would be, but also other times like daytime. So you mean dusk? Yeah, and okay. also daytime. 
So okay. it just happens. It happens mostly like at night, but sometimes it happens during the day too. Oftentimes, the sightings will take place near a park or a natural area, sometimes in the cargo area of an airport or around water, or sometimes completely unrelated to anything I just said, and just hanging out in the suburbs looking in windows. Side of the correlation with O'Hare Airport that we talked about in uh, a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Is there a connection to graveyards? No. Okay, just that one. So I don't know why it is hanging around so much Chicago O'Hare. I did have a lot of them come up in this episode. I've included basically none because I already covered that. So like Taylor just said, if you haven't checked out our Flying Humanoid episode first, probably go back and listen to it as that's where I talk about the Chicago O'Hare sightings and we talk about some other really cool stuff. It's a loaded episode actually. Highly recommend it. And For those of you looking through our discography it is air kings and paranormal things yeah we don't make it obvious for you (laughs) as always we have to make at least one reference to another episode per episode so go listen i've met my quota i'm kidding we do do that though second here is a brief maybe i should have started with this here's a brief very general description of what is being cited in regards to a moth person if you've never heard of moth man as they like to call him before we like to Yeah, we like to keep Mothman. We like to keep it neutral. So I will be referring to him as Moth Person. You will kind of get more detail in the second portion of this episode. So just keep an ear out. And I'm just going to give kind of the most general, most often reported of this phenomenon. Phenomena? I don't know what it is. I guess it would be phenomena because. Yeah, I think it's more than one thing. It sounds more right. I think it's more than one thing. It's going on over a period of time. I'm pretty sure it is more than one thing. Very different areas so i believe it will be a phenomena okay is that plural i believe witnesses consistently describe a large grayish brownish blackish humanoidish type creature that is bat or bird-like sometimes in one-off case yeah bat or bird-like yeah and they've settled on moth man (gasps) you picked it up that was my next note you did it on your own yes okay (laughs) Okay. I didn't actually come I guess across Batman. That. Batman is pre-1950, so they couldn't go with that. They And they might have been infringing on copyright. Yeah. Um, they couldn't call him Batman. <laughs> couldn't call him Batman. There is, there is a comic character called Bergman. Yeah. So, I mean, there's huh. a lot of things already taken. And Moth literally never comes up. Insect, like, maybe. I do say that later. Spoiler alert. But, no. You picked up my next point. Literally no mention of moth. The person part of the moth person's namesake comes from the humanoid features reported in these sightings being arms, legs, normal human things, never antenna or tentacles. Or so I thought. Another spoiler alert. Eyes can be glowing, reflecting red, yellow, green, or orange eyes have been reported separately though. Never all together. That would be too weird. I don't know if that would be scarier if they reflected all those colors together. It might be very beautiful. All alternating. Like police cars. Yeah. I would like to touch on the second part of the name then. In that they have said Mothman. Yeah. So clearly people have been seeing its genitals or something that portray it as male in features. You also have read my mind in what I have in my notes. There has been no mention of genitalia that I've seen. Even if I go control F on the sightings and I put genitals, nothing came up. 
Okay. I don't know where man comes from. It might be the man part of human. So I don't even know why we have man and human because we also have women. Which oh, we also have man too. Yeah, that's problematic. I think the reason that it's there is because they're so like gigantic in stature when they see them. So they automatically assume like this big scary thing is like quite dominating, which is typically something associated with men. Or it could be just that they have human like features. Okay. And this so, is just me. Okay. So would you say this is an apt and better name for this creature? Bird person? Yeah. We're As made gonna... famous from Rick and Morty. Oh my God. Somebody actually said that in a sighting that I never included. <laughs> Rick and Morty. Somebody specifically said that it looked like that guy in Rick and Morty. And I never even Googled it just because I was like, uh, at, they said it looked like that guy, but only scarier. <laughs> <laughs> you mean something out there could be more intimidating than this? Yeah. That was what they referenced. I wonder if that was him. That one, like, right to the right. Second row. This one? That's moth person. This one. Pretty sure. The human-looking one. Yeah. Yeah. With clearly hidden genitals, but still male in feature. Yeah, they're always hidden. Nobody's seen genitals. Nobody's, like, said anything about sexual interference or anything. Just so all of our viewers are aware, I did send Chelsea explicitly on the research of Mothman genitals. Don't worry, they're going to be posted to social media. Okay. Not genitals, just the research thing. So we're clear. Some witnesses report an overwhelming feeling of dread, intense fear, or an aura of evil emanating from the creature. Most are brief encounters. However, there's some reports of these brief encounters happening repeatedly to the same family or person over a span of 20 to 30 years. Encounters include the entity standing there staring at something in windows, at a person, into space, or flying uh, slash hovering overhead, sometimes doing other stuff, as we'll see. It's largely reported that it makes a loud chirping sound or screaming slash screeching sounds. And as we talked about, no mention of genitals. Does it ever talk? No. Never, okay. There have been reports of... I don't even know what to call it. I was going to call it telepathy, but nobody's actually said anything like words exchanged. No, but they give ideas across without words, I guess. Something like that. Yeah. So like they want you to open a door or something like that. I get that. Something to the effect. It doesn't happen often that something like that has come across in the research. I would say that that's very rare, but there does seem to be some sort of perception i think is what i want to call it so my friend lon lon strickler thinks that based on the reports coming from the area being the area that i'm focusing on in this case in case i lost you that there may have been three or more probably i think separate flying humanoids flying or staring around neighborhoods he suggests that the earlier sightings were of tall feathered beings with wings and glowing red eyes The second wave were possibly lechuzas, which are Mexican witches that transform into owls or eagles and are shapeshifters. And the most recent sightings have most closely resembled large black bats between six and eight feet tall with a wingspan of about 12 feet. Long goes on to say that he feels confident that these flying humanoids are not gliders or drones and that the people calling in to report are sincere. 
The only explanation he kind of alludes to is that it may very well be an extra dimensional traveler of some type. And the fan favorite of skeptics and just general deniers alike like to blame these on cranes, specifically a sandhill crane, which is quite a large crane, or an owl, just a regular owl. Or you could also more vaguely say misidentified large bird because a lot of people encounter cranes and think it's a giant moth person with glowing eyes and human arms and legs. It's an easy mix-up and it happens to me all the time. I filed many police ports. There are lots of high strangeness incidents which occur in or around these sightings as well, which include UFOs, anomalous flying creatures, and mysterious humanoids. No, I meant to say anomalous flying orbs mysterious humanoids would kind of be the same because they fly a lot and parapsychological phenomenon and bizarre events experienced by those investigating the sightings some even suggest that lake michigan may be a portal to account for the large amount of weird unrelated shit happening in the area like what i just said the usual the usual weird stuff is going on there in lake michigan area do you have any questions now that i'm reading it out again i feel like i set it up in a confusing manner are you following me i am following i just i find it surprising that there's nothing that like dates back prior to the 1950s Mm -hmm. that it does seem to be just like a modern era's problem and not only that the lawn has seemed to have broken it down not only into a modern era problem but two modern era problems and that there are distinctly two different events yes now I do feel like that could be many different things. Well, not many, because I'm probably only going to name about one right now. (laughs) But like I said, a lot of this that we're going to see, even with my first example, is people who have just kind of seen something weird and didn't know where to report it or tell it to because of the stigma that comes with reporting weird things like this. Yeah. So they kept quiet for decades until all of a sudden there was a huge explosion of sightings being even reported on the news in the Chicago area. And so people started seeing this sudden explosion-ish type of thing happening and suddenly they were like, I had something so weird happen to me that has never left me. Now I know where to report it or now I know I'm not going to be looked at as like little green men or something like that if I report it. So they're coming forward. And I even have an encounter that I'm going to talk about of someone who shared an encounter that they're a loved one that has passed on um, shared with them growing up that had a huge impact on their life and they shared it a lot over time and they came forward. So it might just be that nobody but i mean you see historical ufo accounts too yeah so i mean it it could i I don't know what to say about that really yeah and there's other things like creatures like bigfoot that show up in aboriginal uh, or indigenous lore that go back uh, a ways and and the other thick question i did have is this Mm -hmm. appears to be a u.s oriented phenomena correct yes other than there is one in the united kingdom okay but i just meant mm-hmm. because the great lakes aren't just on one side of the border in mm-hmm. fact pretty much all of them straddle the border yeah. and have a canadian counterpart side i have nothing for canada okay so you're partially right in saying that aside from i did see mention of the united kingdom with the owl man that i mentioned just previously few minutes ago but that's about it i haven't done any 
like in-depth research. It seems like if you were to do a Google search of the Mothman, Point Pleasant would come up and that would be about the extent of it. I didn't even know that this was a thing that was happening. And this is happening more rampantly than I would say anything in Point Pleasant had happening. Um, So that's kind of food for thought. I did see a witness saying, if this is happening so frequently and so often, I don't understand why there's not a warning out around the area of the Great Lakes saying that this is something happening and to watch out for because there's been so many sightings. So that's just kind of food for thought there. Yeah, it just it seems weird that like when events or paranormal creatures adhere ardently to man-constructed borders that Mm -hmm. don't exist. I just find it so weird. I would say they probably are happening. I don't know, just given the area that I'm laying out in this. And I specifically... I found a wealth of information with Long Strickler and the singular Fortean. I'm so sorry for messing that up. If I did right now, I'm going from memory. I did take from other resources. Yes, they were just a wealth of information. They set out a timeline. They have hundreds of eyewitness accounts. For me to sift through those, it probably is more than likely happening in Canada as well. I just... Well, and I just did a quick Google. Vancouver experiencing severe Mothman infestation. That's the beaver tin. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I was scared for a minute there. I thought I might have to leave. (laughs) So I don't know. I didn't specifically go out and search Canada and Mothman. Maybe it's just a good discussion to have an awareness on. That is weird. Yeah. Maybe they're just biased towards the United States as they like to be. I mean, if they are Mexican witches who are just flying about... I would understand their hatred of the U.S. as opposed to Canada. Which I think is funny. And being that we brought that up right now, I am going to share my screen. Here is a map to which I am the area that I'm talking about. Um, So those of you watching live on Twitch, these are going to be all the, they're going to be most of the sightings that I'm talking about, actually, give or take a couple. So you'll see here's the border see my hand here here's toronto hi toronto um okay so it isn't actually that close to the border it is like strictly just on the southwest shores of lake michigan okay there's something i don't know because it's going on in other places there are sightings of other things but literally it's not in the mass sightings that it's happening here So like Arizona has had a couple, I can't remember the other one that I had said in there. I didn't even look at the United Kingdom with the Isle Man. It's just something I saw come up in research. So I threw it in just to say it's happening in more places than just this area in Point Pleasant. But I can't really talk to more than that because this was my area of research. But if you look here, like there's just tons of them centering a lot around Chicago. And it gets pretty crazy. So with that, I'm going to end the stream and get on. How do I end it? How do I end it? So now that the setup, do you have any other questions? I don't think so. I'm just going to let you keep going for now. Okay. Let me know if anything comes up. Just intro. Okay. So now we're on to bigger and better things, which is the huge amount, as I've alluded to, of Mothman sightings in the Great Lakes area, which... Includes Indiana, Michigan, Illinois, Missouri, and Wisconsin, but you already knew that. So here's the test. Just kidding. 
I'd never do that. That would give me anxiety. I'm sorry. I also found the singular Fortian. I was right. Particularly helpful because they compiled a full timeline of flying humanoid encounters. Of course, there's more. What they had was really helpful and kind of informative. It was in chronological order. So now I have a couple sightings going back a ways and I want to make special mention that these are witnesses who came forward within the recent future with accounts of an encounter that happened many eons ago. I don't know how long an eon is ago, just like the lands of banana on what was that from our mysterious Mysterious islands? An eon (laughs) is a billion years, just so. Okay, it's not an eon. I misspoke on that one. I'm sorry. Decades. Here we go. Currently, the oldest flying humanoid case recorded in the Lake Michigan area was given by witness Gerald Therese about an encounter he had in early winter 1957. I hope I said that wrong. Right, Gerald. Why did I say wrong? Fuck you, Gerald. (laughs) (laughs) That came out really wrong. I'm so sorry. As a, as a brief, I don't listen to what comes out of my mouth. That's a problem. As a very brief aside, I know I told you to forget about Point Pleasant, but just for a second, can you remember it? These sightings in Point Pleasant happened between 1966 and 1967. Just so you have the reference, I have now imparted the knowledge that this encounter predates the Point Pleasant happening. So forget it again, except that date, 1966. Gerald has his encounter as a young teenager and had recounted this story some 60 years later, now that he figured out who to tell the story to. He tells the story of hunting in the area of Braidwood, Illinois, around 1957 with his late brother, Gene, and late brother-in-law. Here comes the quote from Gene. As we were walking in this large open field, there was a lone, large tree standing in the middle of the field. When we were directly under it, a huge man-sized creature sailed over our heads and into the woods across the road. We were stunned. We just looked at each other, too dumbfounded to speak. He then went on to explain, The winged creature had the body of a large man with legs, but it was covered over the whole body with dark tan-colored feathers. End quote for what he described the creature as. And so here we see the feathers that my friend Lon spoke about. Next encounter is a secondary account of the storytellers, their late father experience, taking place June 11th, 1976, at roughly 10.30 p.m. Here we go. This is a quote from the witness. My dad worked part-time nights at Victory Memorial Hospital, which I believe is located along Sheridan Road. After work one night, he went to help a friend who had car trouble at the Marathon Restaurant, which was located along the train tracks by Johnson Outboard Motor Company right on Lake Michigan. It was a full moon. They were in the parking lot where my dad was giving the guy's car a jump when dad, as he often told it, suddenly felt scared, as if something was watching them. There were two or more very tall silos there, or some such structure. They were probably three stories high. As dad looked up in the moonlight, he saw a black figure crouch down watching them. It had glowing red eyes. He told his friend to look so they both saw it. Dad said the creature was probably around six feet tall because it was so high up 
and even from that angle it looked large. It definitely was not a bird or anything they had ever seen before. Dad said he sensed it was evil, removed the jumper cables, and he and his friend took off in Dad's car. They didn't even bother to lock up his friend's car. They were too frightened. As they drove off, they heard a loud swooshing sound, and then something seemed to hit and slide across the top of Dad's car. He kept going, convinced that the thing was trying to drive them off the road. The next day, Dad was freaking out because you could see three long scratches across the roof of the car. I saw them myself. They were about a quarter of an inch apart and there were four of them and it looked like a talon of a large bird had scratched the car. From that point on I was banned from going to the lake after dark and my dad didn't even like me going there during the day either. I had never heard of reports of wind creatures until I read your article so just had to share. So that was the second one from not eons but like long ago kind of. I guess it would be nowadays. Now I'm going to explore some eyewitness accounts that grab my attention because there are so very, very many great accounts I had to pick and choose and narrow it down. This one involves shape-shifting. <laughs> this one I like. A woman reaches out by text message to a friend of hers who is a medium about an encounter her husband has on February 18, 2017. Right when it takes off. Yeah, here it is verbatim. Please note, I have to make a special mention here that this was written in proper text etiquette. So every time I say you, I mean you like the letter, not like the word you, like the letter you. Okay. As you do in text. Here we go. Hey, sorry to bother you, but you was the first person I thought to ask about this. What do you think of this and what do you think it means? My husband John, who's a huge skeptic as we all know and doesn't believe in stuff like this, was just driving home in the dark and he saw what he thought was a person running on two legs across the highway and then it turned into a giant black bird and flew away. He swears it was running on two legs then was the biggest bird he ever saw flying with long legs? Question mark, question mark, question mark. What are your thoughts? Sounds creepy to me. Shapeshifter? Angel? Demon? Question mark, question mark, question mark. He's all creeped out now. LOL. Anyhow, they come to the conclusion that it might be a shapeshifter. Then a while later, the medium friend texts back and asks if they think it might be a moth person in relation to all the sightings happening around the area in which the husband, they like Google, the wife and husband Google, and he says, yes, that's pretty much exactly what he saw. Next sighting. That was a very short one. First of all, I was drawn to that because of the proper texting etiquette that was taking place there and the LOL at the end. <laughs> also, the shape-shifting qualities that it showed, obviously, which does come up a bit. Next one. This is a man and his wife driving through an old neighborhood. A neighborhood. I shouldn't say an old neighborhood. Maybe it is old. I don't know. I can't say. I've never been to Chicago. I'm sorry. Probably one day. They like to try their pizza. Look in those balls that everyone, the ball that people take pictures in. See the cemetery when I fly in. So they're driving through a neighborhood one of them used to live in located in the suburbs of Chicago. There's like this giant statue of an indigenous man to use the correct wording that's located on top of a tobacco shop. And since the guy grew up in the area, he knew that it was well known to the use of the area that if you stood in the exact right spot and look up to the statue, his left thumb sticks out and looks like a wiener. So this is where I was all in on the story, obviously. Here we will see the statue 
Here we will see the wiener. So what is that? That Like if you saw it from the other side, I'm guessing it wouldn't have that. It's his hand. Okay. The hand is down low, which they obviously, when erecting this, were not thinking, man, this is racist. Maybe that's all they focused on. Could have been. Not the position of his hand. Once you move your eyes away from the thumb sticking out of his pantalones, you move your eyes to here. And what is that? Funny part of the story is, like, that's the original photo here. Huh. So you see the little anomaly yeah. here, and there it is, like, enlarged. So, and they saw this anomaly and took the photo? It did, did they... not. Okay. So I will continue on. Later in life, this guy decides to go back and take a picture of this with his wife on August 22nd at 2011 at 4 p.m. As you do, I guess they were bored. They decided to go for a drive. When he gets back home, he had taken a picture, obviously from the right angle. He had a new phone, he says. He wanted to examine how nice the photo took on his new phone. So he looks back on his photos as I showed you there and he sees that weird thing here. So he's like, what is that? That's what led him to zoom in on that particular part of the photo. Then he sees that weird creature type thingy that looks a lot like a moth person. There are skeptics that do say, I'm going to put it out there right now, that say it's a misidentified butterfly. Yeah, and I always have trouble with the ones that are identified after the fact. And that if you didn't see it in the first place, then it's really hard to say if it was something really noteworthy in the photo or if it was something happening that you didn't really think about at the time. Exactly. Like, and especially if you're taking a photo, like if the window's up, it could be something on the window. True, true that. This one I just find, to me, it doesn't look like, if I go up, it doesn't really look like a misidentified because it's so, like it looks like legit really far off and you would never pick a butterfly up like that but that's the whole thing you don't know if it's really far off or not true because they never saw it in the first place yeah like it could be a bug flying by yeah so with that being said this will be posted to social media because of course i was all in with the mention of the thumb looking like a wiener and the immaturity of it and the supernaturality which is probably not a word i don't think of the photo we will post this to social media. Whether or not this is a legit thing, we don't know. Next up, we have Dalton, who had his encounter in the fall of 2010. I don't know the exact date. When he and a friend were cruising in his 1997 Firebird in northern Illinois. So they're cruising down a gravel road in the country. And around 11 p.m., they're doing tricks in his car, just being stupid idiot kids. And Dalton slows the car down to get ready to floor it to make his car go sideways when they see corn stalks on one side of the road shaking. As drivers do when you drive around at night on country roads, you watch for deer. So he slows down to a slow roll to be cautious because he thinks it's a deer. These are his exact words about what happened next. Quotations. Now, I'm not sure how to describe this, but what we saw was frightening. The corn parted about eight feet in front of my car. I don't know if you have ever seen a deer jump out of corn, but it's like a horse hop. This thing was the size of a big buck, but was completely black. 
Mind you, my headlights are focused right at the stretch of road and corn area, so the whole scene was well illuminated. As it proceeded to jump out of the corn, it opened these huge set of wings and remained airborne. It flew right out in front of my car and did this zigzag flight pattern incredibly fast, almost like a fly or a bug would do. After the quick zigzags, it shot straight up into the air. I mean shot like it was placed in a cannon and blasted into the sky. So they then floor it out of there until they come back into civilization, I assume where there's streetlights, as I'm sure we're both familiar with, when they pull over and ask themselves what the hell they just saw. They labeled it as a deer bat. That one's not taken. That one's not copyrighted, I don't think. No, and it leaves the gender nicely. Yeah, it's not like any which way because it was about the size of a buck and it flew like a bat, but rather than the shape of a deer, it was humanoid shape and ran like a deer. He also described it as incredibly black, like it was covered in tar. I like that encounter. I mean, I that's like straight out of a horror movie, to be honest. Yeah, that's almost, yeah. That's significantly different than what everybody else is seeing, though, other than the fact that it's all black. You know me with my encounters. I don't go with, like, this is just a normal sighting. I like to find every example of anything that is, like, atypical, which I don't know if that's always the best thing to do, but I like to find the weirdest ones and give you the weirdest ones. And boy, do I have a weird one for you, which is not this one. This one's good, though. Continuing... The thought on this sighting, I'm quickly going to follow it up with it. No, this is not a similar sighting. This is just a sighting. This is from an anonymous police officer, an active police officer on the force, just to make it clear. So, sorry, did this happen while he was working? While he was working, yeah. This is literally, until I say stop, all a quotation of the anonymous police officer witness, starting now. On the night of June 29, 2017, at approximately 11.15 p.m., my partner and I were on routine patrol and approaching the intersection of West 81st and South Route in Auburn-Gresham neighborhood in Chicago, Illinois. We were flagged down by a group of people who were pointing up to the top of an apartment building that was on the corner. We pulled over and they immediately started telling us to look up at the building. Many of the people were very frightened and they were very excited about seeing what they had seen. My partner and I looked and see a large creature that was approximately six to six and a half feet tall and very thin. If it had been a human, it would have been emaciated. This thing was standing on top of the building and had what looked like a pair of very large wings that extended out at least 8 to 10 feet from tip to tip. No discernible features. It just looked like a dark black shadow with wings. My partner and I both thought it was somebody trying to jump off the building and maybe wearing a costume of some sort. When we both shone our flashlights to try to get a better look at what we were dealing with, this thing took off into the air and flew away. As the creature flew away, headed in a southern direction, something sounding like a scream came from it and within a matter of about five seconds, this creature was gone into the light. The people who for initially flagged us down had said that many people in the neighborhood had seen this thing for the previous two nights and this just happened to be the only time that it was seen in a stationary place. We stood there stunned as this thing flew away and dispersed into the night. We stood there and talked to the group of people who flagged us down. 
taking down any information regarding previous sightings from the night before. We initially were doubtful about filing a report because we thought we would be made fun of for seeing little green men. We finally filed a report as we did not want to violate protocol. Nothing was ever said about the report being filed and as of right now it's been business as usual. End quote. That was the end of it. That's actually interesting that nothing became of it because I do know like Rendlesham Forest, military personnel involved in that basically had their careers ruined because they reported it. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. I mean, it's worded very differently from the other ones that I've went over. And it is a different description. Like this guy had a full view of the body and it was emaciated, which is... And it It, was... it means malnourished, pretty much. Now, the thing about it is if I wanted to say anything about it, there was no actual police report attached with this witness, this sighting. Yeah, and I would have thought they would have used the radio communications during it, but it died. Either that or perhaps all the people who are watching it as corroboration. So there's that as well, I guess, if we were going to say anything. Next one, because I just want to include something for all these people watching live with us right now. I have a video. Ooh, a video. Um, here we have a video of a mothman caught on film while suspected mothman caught on film by a security camera taking place June 18th in Rantoul, Illinois at 2.19 a.m. So let's take a look at this. It happens very quickly. Yeah. Sorry, can we just, can you restart? I just want to look at the top corner to see how much time passes as it goes. Because this might just be one that takes like a, photo every couple seconds okay that is just normal time okay so i finally got what you're getting at yeah i did have some really good timing on pausing that the tough part always with again nobody being there to witness it like this could be a bug flying close to the camera again and just blocking it out from the cameras and again yeah. you know what sorry can we rewatch this video and i yeah. just want to see if you can see a shadow cast onto the car or if the light on the car stays continuous because that'll tell you if it passed between the car and the light it did not so that's closer than the car really yeah oh i guess you're right yeah closer than the car huh i think you're right i think you are right i didn't put it together like that in my mind so for those of you who are not live on twitch i know you just listened to us dissect this just to describe to you the video what we're looking at is essentially a street light from a camera set up inside a house pointed towards the driveway in front of homeowner's garage you can see the car in the driveway you can see the street and there's a street light on the opposite side of the street and we see a thing fly across the street light. And from the way the thing blocks out the light in the article, it says that it flies extremely close in front of the light, which Taylor did bring up a very good point. You did not see the light block out in front of the car. There is a car that is receiving light. Receiving the light from the... And from even the on that still, light. if I show you this again, if I share my screen and I show you this... Literally on my still, you can't see the shadow on the car. Yeah. It should be blocking it even out. Even just below, there's tons of light. Yeah. But I can post this one on social media as well. Rip it apart if you want. I don't care as long as you're commenting on a post on our social media. That's fine. So they do say the camera has caught nothing similar to date. They check every day. But I guess if nothing was just in the path of the camera, I do agree with Taylor on this one now that he brings that up because it wasn't something in my thought. You're ready for some really good eyewitness accounts because I've saved the best for last. 
Yes, let's do it. Here we go. This one is Jackson Park Highlands neighborhood in Chicago at approximately 4 p.m. September 5th, 2011. The encounter was taken by LS. That's Lon Strickler. And according to the report recently taken by Strickler, this is all quotations. At approximately 4 p.m. CT, the eyewitness was getting off the Metro bus at the intersection of South Jeffrey Boulevard and East 67th Street in Jackson Park Highlands in South Chicago near the Mobile Gas Station. Mobile. Mobile. He noticed an unusual flying being approximately 100 to 120 feet above him adjacent to an apartment building in the vicinity. The witness described the entity as black in color with bat-like wings, a small bulbous head, and what seemed to be tentacles extending from behind it. He stated that it was definitely biological and seemed to be looking down at him and others. He began to follow it as it made its way over Jackson Park and the golf course. As it continued to follow the entity into a stretch of trees, the entity rolled and displayed an emerald green light on its underbelly. During the entire time, the entity never flapped its wings but flew up and down in altitude. Also, the witness sensed that the entity was watching him as he chased it. It would dip and turn towards him on occasion. He never determined the structure of a face. The wing being eventually turned towards Lake Michigan and quickly flew towards the east. But that wasn't the end of the witness's experience, said Strickler. That night and on several subsequent nights, the witness had very vivid and frightening dreams of the winged being flying towards him and displaying an owl-like head and face with large round amber eyes. The investigator explained, he is positive that the entity knew that he was following it and that it wanted him to remember the incident. This event has bothered him since that day, only recently deciding to come forward and make a report, added Strickler. There's a few things I find weird about that sighting to make me include it. So that was during the day, right? I was sure. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody else came forward seeing this. No. As far as I can tell. The wings didn't move. I know. Weird, right? Well, it makes it feel more like a drone in that way, but he said it was definitely biological with tentacles. Yeah. That was the other thing that really stood out to me. What that kind of says to me is possibly kite with like Hold on. the strings behind it. You're so good at debunking things. And on the fact that, that he thought, could follow it, because it wasn't moving that fast. On that thought, it did have, which is another thing that compelled me to put onto this, was the emerald green light on its underbelly. Yeah. The thing that you can't really explain, though, was dreams. Yeah, but dreams are hard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you have enough trauma, I don't know. found that interesting. You're a little bit right on that one as well. I wish I would have thought these more through. Oh, and that doesn't mean that they're debunked. They're just yeah. questions. No, you bring up very good questions that I don't think about myself. Okay, buckle up for this one. Because this is unlike... Well, I've read things like this before. But <laughs> but these this is the kind of sighting I live for. This is like so good. Okay. Are you ready? This one happens October 2019. This is a letter from a witness. Note, uh, there are some portions of this that's going to be redacted. Here we go with the letter. I'm very hesitant to write to you with what I saw, but the more I think about it, the more I have to tell someone about it. My name is 
and I live in Rosemont, Illinois on I have been living in Rosemont most of my adult life and I work in a nearby suburb as an one of the perks of living where I live is that there is a nearby and I can take walks to the park sit down and escape for a little while I enjoy taking walks at night while I am usually alone and can lose myself in my thoughts This particular night, I could not sleep and I decided to take a walk and sit for a few minutes in the cold and maybe that would bring about the urge to sleep and I could come back and get ready for bed. I put on my jacket and step outside and as I step across, I notice that the area seems strangely quiet, even with two expressways nearby. Mind you, I did not expect to hear crickets and such with the cold, but the whole vibe seemed a bit off. I sat at the usual place and I had not been there for more than five minutes when I saw the strangest thing. It looked like a very tall man standing by the but the man was unusually tall and very thin. The man was standing next to what looked like a smaller man who seemed also very frail and thin but whose head was disproportionate to his body. They seemed to be conversing, but I could not hear anything from where I was sitting. As I watched them, a pair of women walked up and just kind of stood there, almost as if they were in a daze. The tall person then did something that shook me to my core, and it was then that I realized that I should not have been there at that particular moment. The tall gentleman unfurled what looked like huge wings and stretched them out and then tucked them back in as the woman approached. The smaller man then turned to the two women, and that is when the area was bathed in bright blue light. The light only lasted at the very most one of two seconds, and then only the tall winged being remained. The being then unfurled his wings and walked away from the waterfall, took a step or two while flapping his wings, and took off. I watched it fly away, and it reminded me how a goose would fly, low and steadily gaining speed. I remained where I was and it was almost a full minute before I took a breath and I tried to wrap my head around what I had just seen. To tell you the truth, I was almost afraid to leave that and make the walk back home. But when I did leave, I almost sprinted back home and only felt secure when I shut the main door behind me and made my way upstairs to my apartment. I do not know what I saw. I have no explanation for what I witnessed and there is no way I can describe it to anyone. I am certain that I was in the wrong place at the wrong time and I pray to God that I was not noticed. Whatever the result of this report, I had to get it off my chest and tell someone about what I saw that night and hope that someone will believe me and not think that my cheese has slipped off of my cracker. That's my favorite quote and I'll probably use that in the future. That's the end of the quote, by the way. Okay. That my cheese has not slipped off of my cracker. That's not the only thing I took away from this, but I just okay. really liked it. But that is something to actually use in your day-to-day. Yeah, it is. To a oh, I've never heard that before, and I loved it. But this does go on. That was the end of the initial experience. The witness was then contacted to elaborate on his experience and detailed the following in October 29, 2019. Quotes. Starting on the night after this happened, I started having extremely lucid dreams. I want to find myself in a brightly lit room and something telling me that I'm going to be fine. Then a hand reaches out and touches my arm. Then things go black and I wake up. 
I'm not terrified, but I'm concerned. The dream had come to me four times already, and each time it's the same thing. That was the update from the witness. They do make contact again one day later, which makes it October 30th, 2019, which is a spooky time of year to begin with. And I don't know if I could deal with this happening around that time of year. Anyhow, they have further developments and this is their recount. I just had a very strange occurrence happen to me and redacted. I went to lunch and I was putting my trash in the receptacle. I, As I was putting my trash in the receptacle, I was approached by a gentleman who said he was an investigator. He said he wanted to speak to me in regards to what I saw. The man insisted that I speak with him and that he was an investigator who was trying to sort out what it was I had seen in the reports. I asked him with what organization he was with and how did he know who I was. The gentleman only answered that he was an investigator and that it was imperative that I speak with him about what I saw. The man gave me a very bad vibe and I did not want to speak with him. My coworker who was with me had gone to the bathroom and this is when the gentleman approached me and insisted that I talk to him. I told him that I had already spoken with investigators and again asked him who he represented and he only answered again that he was an investigator. My friend returned from the bathroom and the man walked away without any other word. This incident kind of shook me up and left me with even more questions than before. By any chance, did you send an investigator to speak with me? And how did you know where I was going to be for lunch? I'm more than willing to talk, but being approached in such a way in public and out of the blue just does not jive with me. I've had instances in the past where I've been stalked by an obsessive ex-boyfriend and it left me traumatized and a little jumpy. And to have somebody approach me out of the blue and insistently ask to speak with me kind of raised a lot of red flags for me. End quote. The investigator she or he's originally speaking with, which is Lon, I think, are like, yeah, you were right not to speak with this dude and we didn't share any information. And then the witness drops off the face of the planet. They can't get a hold of them again. The investigators continue to try and make contact twice more and the witness finally responds. Thank God I wanted more to the story saying, thank you for getting back to me and I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I do not want to talk about this anymore. All sorts of strange things have been happening to me since the day that gentleman tried to talk to me. I have been plagued by numerous calls. When I pick up, I hear nothing on the other side. I have also been followed and I have had people who do not belong in my neighborhood or at my job sitting there watching me. All this started after I had the sighting. I don't know what it was that I saw, but apparently I was not meant to see it and now I'm scared something's going to happen to me. I've even considered purchasing a handgun just to protect myself. I'm not crazy and I know what I saw was real. I saw it with my own two eyes, but now I'm being stopped, stalked and having people come up to me and asking questions who I don't even know. And now people are calling and trying to intimidate me and frankly, it's working. I've had little sleep since this has happened and my nerves are completely frazzled. I can't do this anymore. I don't care if people don't believe me or think I'm crazy and I know what I saw and now it seems like people want me to keep my mouth shut or they want to probe into what and who I am because of this incident. I know you get probably hundreds of reports today dealing with all sorts of paranormal stuff and I'm just one person who saw one incident but apparently it stirred up a hornet's nest and now I'm caught in the middle. It's nothing against you but I'm scared and I want this to stop. The witness does end with one last email. It happened at I was sitting at 
I go there to get away and relax. I was facing the redacted when I saw them. I was sitting there just relaxing in order to decompress so I could fall asleep. I was only there about five minutes when I saw them standing there. I did not hear anything, but it looked like they were talking. They continued this for about one minute before the two women showed up and disappeared. The women looked completely normal. They walked up and just stood there like they're in a trance and then a bright blue light came out of nowhere and they were gone. The winged one then took off and was gone within 10 to 12 seconds of the others disappearing. After the winged one left, the place was quiet, just like a normal night. I quickly left and went back home. Since that night, I've had very lucid dreams, and the latest one was last night. I saw the smaller being, and it looks like a typical alien. In the dream, it tells me everything is going to be fine, and you are perfectly safe and will be spared. That's where the dream ends. Lately, I've had a bad feeling of dread, which is so not like me since I'm usually happy and talkative. I feel like something horrible is about to happen. I can't shake this feeling and other people have started to notice a change in my demeanor. I don't know how much else I can provide. That's all I remember and hope it's able to help you with your investigation. I just don't want something to happen to me or somebody I love and the things are starting to get a little too strange and scary for me. I don't know how much else I can help you with. You have been nothing but kind and respectful. I appreciate that wholeheartedly. I will try to keep you informed if any more dreams come or if anything else happens right now. I think I want to lay low. You said I could remain anonymous and I would like to take you up on that. The last thing I'd want is... somebody at redacted to hear about this and then I would have to face not only people that I grew up with but family members thank you the decision to redact identifying information was made following the witnesses reported encounter with the mysterious investigator and because of reports of harassment by those unaffiliated with the investigation that have been received from previous witnesses in the Chicago area Strickler also added that a remote viewing session was conducted this past weekend, not this past weekend, but whenever they put this, with three others, other participants who had no knowledge of this incident. This included a monitor, Strickler, control, and two viewers. The results were much in line with that the witness told, including a description of the individual who confronted her at lunch. This information will also be released after our team gets a better handle on the investigation. What do you think of that one? That one is very messed up. Yeah, that's a good one, right? From the first incident to the final update, how much time had passed? Not long. Okay. The initial one just gives the time frame of October 2019. It seems to happen fairly quickly after that, so I'm not sure how much time actually passed from when they reported it until the end. It seems like a matter of a couple of weeks in which reporting it and all of this happened. I would not be surprised if it wasn't a matter of two or three weeks because this was actually published on the website. Hold on. So... October 2019, and it was published um, on the singular 14, November 6, 2019. Okay, so yeah, pretty quick. So it would have been pretty quick. It's loaded. It has everything in there. Yeah, so that was the best one I had. Um, I know we're running a little bit long on this one. So that is my last kind of actual full sighting I wanted to give you, obviously, because it was amazing. Um, I can't read all the encounters because there's hundreds of them. 
Um, maybe you'll get an idea of how many there are actually out there. I do have a few lingering quotes and brief encounters from different stories given by eyewitnesses, which I'd like to read with partial context and completely unrelated to each other, just so we can kind of get a bigger handle on this. And then I'm done. First quote, it had a scary similar resemblance to the creeper in mid-flight with its wings in the movie Jeepers Creepers. Another one, I knew that it knew that we were watching it, which we did see in another one that I read earlier. It knew that it was watching it. Here we have another, I felt like this thing could see right through me, read me. It knew what I was thinking, like it could stare right into my very soul. This one had two moth persons together. Quote, the creature flied low and then shot up into the air as it came over the water, flies in a circle, cries out again, and almost instantly is joined by another large bat. These things were huge and stood out in the sky, and they fly around in figure eights around each other, looking like they were doing a dance of sorts. I like that one. I included it because it almost seemed like mating a little bit. And that's the closest I got to moth person genitals, hence why I included it. Oh, yeah. I, and that's the first one, although there was another one. They generally are seen as standalone figures. Yes. So. Other than the last one that I said, I think it's pretty much always solo other yeah. than this one. That's why I put it and the, it's as close as I got to genitals because I was like, this sounds like mating. Kind of, they're dancing. So same thing, I guess. Next one. I was looking right at a giant bat dragging looking thing. Another witness stated, the body reminded him of a large monkey in shape. The wings were bat-like and reflected in the moonlight. The head was human-like, but was much thinner and had a pointed crest extending from the back of its head, similar to a pterosaur, but shorter. The head was turned away from the witness, so he could not see the eyes or the face. The body tapered towards the back and it looked like there were short legs or appendages tucked underneath it, followed by a short round extension or tail. The wings had a full span of approximately 8 to 10 feet and were attached along the body. The wings were a bat-like membrane, but heavy like that of a pterosaur. It one- really had dinosaurs on the mind. I included that one. This is where I'm just going to get some quick quotes. I want to just highlight some things that came up again and again, and they didn't make it into my best of full encounter quotes. This is quite regularly occurring that people are comparing it to a prehistoric bird in relation to these sightings. There are also a completely different thing happening. I'm not 100% sure. I did come across prehistoric bird sightings as well happening in the area. Okay, and yeah, that's the other thing. There does appear like a lot of these would actually fall into like the Thunderbird category. Yeah, it is. But not all of them. There are, exactly. That's why I make quick mention of this. We could probably do a episode on this alone because in doing my research, there were specific ones that had nothing to do with Mothman that was legitimate. This was a prehistoric bird sighting happening in the same area. Quick mention, we can put that in an upcoming episode, maybe. We have things in store for you guys, though, so remind us. We'll get around to it someday. Yeah. If you want it, bug us. Yeah, exactly. Journey to the fringe at gmail.com or Instagram, Journey to the Fringe or Facebook. Remind us. Here's another one. The wing being hovered for 10 seconds and quickly pulled the wings into its body and shot up quickly into the sky. The wing beam was human like with a small head that narrowed at the top with moist, 
deep blue skin that appeared shiny. The wings looked like butterflies and attached along the body. It had long tapered feet. Another one. I must put spaces between these so that you know they are different quotes from different encounters. She stated that the creature was dark or black in colored and had a humanoid shaped body. She was unable to see the head but described the overall shape as a flying gargoyle. The wingspan was quite wide. The reason why she initially thought that it was a plane. Next quote. I don't know why. I always see it. It never seems to want to harm me as it has had many chances to do so, but I feel frightened by it. Next quote. This is a beautiful thing about no context. You can just say things like that and move on. The witness states that it had a short canine-like snout similar to that of a French bulldog. French bulldog has no snout. Sorry, that was me interjecting. It has a minimal snout. Almost negative. (laughs) But the overall face structure resembled that of a gothic gargoyle, which we hear again and again, gargoyle. Next quote, a very large crow man hovering over a high-rise apartment building about a block away from my house. A man jet black from head to toe upright, hovering in the air about five feet from the midway Plaisance Senior Apartments on East 60th Street. For reference, this is a 17-story high-rise apartment building directly across the street from Washington Park on the south side of Chicago, miles from downtown, and not a lot of high-rises in the area. The thing had wings tucked behind it, but didn't need them to hover or move around. I wouldn't say it flew at all. It literally hovered in a standing position. It was jet black from the head to toe, front to back. It had to be about eight feet tall, and I could clearly make out a head, arms, legs, and wings folded behind it. There wasn't a single cloud in the sky, and the sky wings, was just... Wings folded behind? Yeah. Yeah, and this one flying. doesn't have them out. It's just hovering. Huh. Yeah. You see that in a couple of them. Um, And you get other accounts where they can feel the power of the wings, even through a car with windows up and doors closed. Yeah. It's very weird. And I don't know what to make of that. Next encounter. I'm just just about done. There are multiple reports of the creatures. I don't know if I touched on this on my other reports. Just being perched upon things. They really like to perch. So they should be more towards a bird person than a moth person. I don't know if moths like to perch. I have never seen a moth perch, but I've also never distinctly looked for it. No. I mean, I see them cling on to things and it's gross. Oh, they more fly towards light, but they don't perch on a light. Okay, so they perch on things. Things I've seen, tall buildings, trees, streetlights. Hard to narrow down a nice quote on this one because there's so many of them just perching in places. There's even a lot of sightings of them being perched somewhere and just like kind of falling out of wherever they're perched like they're dead. And then just like taking off flying. It's super weird. So kind of like a bat then. Is that how they get out of being perched? No, no, no. They're perched like on top of things. And then they kind of just fall and glide. Just kind of fall. And then before they hit the ground, they like spread their wings and take off. Okay. It's super. No, a bat because a bat hangs upside down. It doesn't. That would be creepier. I don't know if that would be creepier. I don't know. No, I don't know. Okay. 
So I settled on this one to give more of an in-context quote with this. This one happened in spring 2010. I was, oh, this is a good one kind of too. I was watching TV with the windows open slightly. I kept hearing a muffled cry, almost like a woman crying in the distance. I finally decided to take a look and see what it was. I was looking all over the backyard and neighboring yards, but didn't see anything. When I was about to give up, I heard it again. I noticed that it was coming from above me. I looked up and oh my God, I can't even imagine if this is me. If I heard something coming from above and nothing should be there. Oh my God, I close the door and I give up and like call the police. Okay. I looked up and noticed something from about four feet tall sitting on the peak of the house behind me. I grabbed my phone to take a picture, but when I was about to take the picture, it turned its head to look at me. It scared the crap out of me. Then it dropped like it fell. Right before it hit the ground, its wings came out and it swooped away. I couldn't believe how big the wingspan was. Okay, so this one did capture the thing that it just kind of fell out. It fell off of the roof. Second, what's up with the crying woman? That one is weird. Yeah. Could have been unrelated, but... There's a lot. Of, from how I interpret this, I feel like it's coming from the being. And I don't know if that's an attention-seeking thing by the being, to be honest. Yeah, and it reminds me a lot of the paranormal Bigfoot stuff. Yes, exactly. Okay. Where it really seems to just be doing bizarre things to get attention. Yes, exactly. Like when they're like making car door slamming sounds. That was such a good episode. Or mimicking you eating a sandwich. Yeah, exactly. Okay, next one. Date of the sighting, May 31st, 2020. Time of the sighting, approximately 7.30 a.m. Weather conditions, partly cloudy, but with a high cloud ceiling. Winds were light. So this one's from a pilot. I just love the randomness that I'm giving these quotes to um, <laughs> just to interject here. Quote, as we're taxiing off the active runway and toward the terminal, I spotted something out of the corner of my eye. I turned to see a large black human-like creature fly up and into the sky. End quote. That's all you get. There's way more to it, but that's all you get. These are just brief glimpses into Mothman. Okay, I have two more. Next one. The creature sifted through the hedge bushes and came up to the bay window of the room we were occupying, making a loud noise as it slammed slash pressed its body up against the window, its eyes staring right at us in the room. That is brazen of this thing. I broke the quote. Okay, here we go again. This creature nearly took up the bay window's whole space and it stayed there once it hit the window, unlike an owl who accidentally flew into it. It was no regular owl, much too large, as the silhouette was massive and the eyes were the size of baseballs. Okay, maybe this is where we're getting the moth part of it. Maybe it was dark and no, maybe it was dark. Big eyes, yeah, because you need bigger eyes when you're in the night, right? And second of all, what if it was dark and the window was lit up and it ran into the window, right? I don't think this event is the one that named it Mothman. Mm -mm. You're right, it's not. (laughs) But if it was, it would make sense. Yeah, this one's the closest (laughs) we've seen to a moth-like being, yes. It is. Did they happen to mention like it leaving a residue? Because I know if like a bird slams into your window, like it leaves well, at least a bird. the dust, right? Yeah. No, this sighting yeah. happened November thirteenth, twenty twenty one. Just kidding, it didn't. It wasn't the most recent sighting. I know, but it did. <laughs> it didn't. That would be ugh. Like, first of all, gross. Like, I can't even imagine if that happened to me. Knock on wood, it doesn't happen to me right now. Well, I mean, I'm there so- is an infestation in the yeah. lower mainland. 
I need to pack up and get out of here. Okay, one last quote, kind of. Quotations. He said that he thought that it may have been a Bigfoot initially. Oh my God, I forgot about this one. Okay, I'm going to start again. <laughs> I got excited. He said that he thought that it may have been a Bigfoot initially, but then noticed that it had a large set of membrane wings attached to the back, extending over the top of its head. He continued, he described the shape of the wings as that of a gargoyle. The body was eight to nine feet in height and covered in dark fur. The oh, arms and uh, legs. Yeah. That's first person to say fur and not just like black. Yeah. In my quotes, that is. The arms and legs were well defined. He didn't notice any facial features. He got an excellent look at the creature since his headlights illuminated it and the light from the conservation area backlit it as well. He also stated that he had felt like it was a warning or a harbinger of some kind, Strickler added. He did mention Nephilim. When discussing the encounter, he said it had upset him and that he was unable to talk about it until the next day, end quote. Now that I just said it again, I've said it many times throughout this episode, and we were talking about it in the beginning with it just strictly being mostly spotted in the United States and in the recent past. What about gargoyles? Those are an to old a thing. Episode? Oh. I don't know if there's enough, but we could I don't know either, it. but it's definitely something we can look at because yeah. that's something that I continue to see it tied to again and again. And I wonder where gargoyles come from. There are gargoyle sightings out there in the rest of the world. Well, yeah, a lot of these have got, oh, yeah, maybe they're just calling it something else because clearly in all my witnesses that I've gone through, none of them, like they don't know to Google Mothman. Like yeah. there is a deer man, there is Batman, and no, if you Google no, Batman, like, like lots will come up, but it's not going to yeah. be what you're looking for. Okay, good point me. Last but not least, honorable mention, that last quote was really good because it had a big foot. So um, I wish I would have ended on that. But I just want to give an honorable mention to a witness that claimed her family was stalked for decades by a shape-shifting mothman. The account has all the locations and details. It was very, very detailed. However, I didn't find it meaty enough to include, but I felt it deserved a mention because it did go on to say at one point that the being lived next to her family in an abandoned warehouse house and was spotted inside the residences that they lived in but yeah that's mothman this is one thing i've kind of been thinking about the entire time so everybody describes it as like almost a black silhouette right yeah and some of it is like green shiny kind of okay but has there ever been a connection to shadow people no uh okay. i i wouldn't say so like not oh, nothing really came up associating them in the research no not at all more often than not because this did kind of was said explicitly by witnesses that it did seem like aware and there not just like a shadow flying away yeah but so did the hat man yeah i think he's a little different from shadow people i think he's related and he does seem aware doesn't he yeah i think there is more detail to these moth people i don't know why i'm saying this i don't feel like they would be they could be. But that wouldn't capture everything because anybody that described it as emaciated is clearly seeing definition within the creature. Because like yeah, you wouldn't just describe a blob as emaciated. 
It's so funny because these sightings kind of fall under a large umbrella, but they vary so much. And in my research, I try to grab the outliers, which is probably something I shouldn't always be doing. I gravitate to the really weird stuff. Not all of them fall so far out like this, but they all kind of have that common denominator that brings them all back to the conclusion of moth person. Obviously, there's something very strange going on because in the same timeline, there were multiple sightings of prehistoric flying beings like pterosaurs and stuff like that. Obviously, in this area, I think there's a lot of weird shit going on. Just like there is another area, not close, close by, but in the same area, it's Hudson, the Hudson Valley, which I believe is kind of close by. They've had a mass amount of UFO sightings as well. Interesting. And UFO sightings and orbs and stuff like that are also, yeah, the Hudson Valley. Where is that located in relation to this? believe it's yeah it's a region in new york state so okay so that's a little further east is it's off yeah i mean new york is off lake ontario so it's still a part of the great lakes hold on yeah new york does have one of the great lakes on there yeah the state's pretty huge it's just all the population lives in a very small part of it i don't know i think mothman just as most things defining these phenomena that are happening i think to put one word on it is kind of limiting in what it is because it seems to be something that can't be defined with one word because there's clearly a lot of stuff going on with it but yeah yeah and that's the bizarre thing about this is that if you've heard of mothman it's basically just based on that one event that happened in point pleasant in virginia which we unfortunately yeah. forgot about yeah but we had it to. is <laughs> much better recorded here and it's funny and where it first came up to me was our flying humanoid episode in which I looked into the Chicago O'Hare reports happening, which happens to be, <laughs> what am I looking at? A You're huge... looking at a kite that has the uh, tassels coming off the end of it. Oh my God. Is this the tentacles? It could be the tentacles. That's just what I. There's just, all it's missing is a green light in its chest. I know. No, I am your father. I'm not. I'm um, your sister. <laughs> you're my sister. But yeah, the degree to which these creatures vary in this area and the fact that there are so many cases is very different than what I know about Mothman. And it's hilarious because like Point Pleasant, West Virginia has set itself up as like the mecca for Mothman. Like they have Mothman museums, Mothman festivals. And like, you never hear about it based on the Great Lakes. No, never. And it's like, I'm not out there searching. Mo I should be out there searching Mothman more often. But you literally don't hear about it at all in comparison to Point Pleasant yet. <laughs> For one month, yeah. more or less. It's not a hotbed like Chicago is. This is where it's at for Mothman. Moth person, sorry. I'm so sorry to the moth women yeah. out there. And moth, they, them. Or bird persons. Yeah, crazy. And that it's shape-shifting. And Point Pleasant just kind of puts it into this little bag. And it could be the fact that What's-His-Face wrote that book, that it was made into a major movie that kind of helped put it into that box. John Keel. Yeah, mm. and I also think that he might have a play in why it's called Mothman too. Him being a very efficient 
propagandist. Yeah, I mean, that's very likely. He did a good job at that just by this discussion we just had just now and what has shaped our idea of what a Mothman is when clearly the Moth person cannot be put into a little box. It no, needs to be I, a larger circle type hamster wheel. Yeah, and I do think we do need to have a good talk as a cryptid community about renaming this cryptid. Uh, I agree. Mothman, first off, it is not, no one describes it as a moth. The gender or sex identifying features are vague at best mm -hmm. in all these sightings. And it is more bird-like. So I do think that something along the lines of moth person, if we want to keep it somewhat connected, or bird person or birdson. Birdson. <gasps> I love it. I did have a good one and then it left my head and it probably was going to take off I have, because millions of dollars. I have no dollars. idea what to call the deer one. There have been really good things put out as I've put out in my quotes. I mean, gargoyle, I think, might even suit it better. Yeah, maybe, but it doesn't capture everything either. That's the thing. It doesn't because gargoyles are not known to be... Maybe they are. We haven't done an episode on gargoyles. We don't know if they're meant to be shapeshifters. Yeah, the extent of my gargoyle knowledge stopped in the mid-1990s when they canceled the Disney series. Yeah. From what we know of that, they were rock by day and like... Defenders by night. Exactly. And they had one human friend. She was and like... And many human enemies. <laughs> I wanted to be that girl. Yeah. So that's my episode. I did like the Bigfoot guy. The yeah. guy thought it was a Bigfoot until it had wings. Scary. And Bigfoot is fucking tricky. It could have been Bigfoot. It could have been a Bigfoot. He could have seen a Mothman and he was just trying to fucking pretend yeah. he was a Mothman. Yeah. He threw those freaking wings out his back. He was just trying to like trick the Mothman probably. he. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. He probably wanted to get the Mothman. Well, Chelsea, thank you for that episode. We have both learned... Actually, this is probably the first one where it's you vaguely know about a thing and then it didn't disappoint. This one didn't. Oh my god, this is a landmark and we're gonna campaign on social media for us to change the moth person name so let us know as always we let our presence know on social media when our episode comes out you'll see it there let us know what you think it should be yes if you agree it should be moth person or birdson i think this is a campaign we can start i think so it could just be a person person like b-i-r-s-o-n Person, I love it. I do like that. Okay. Yes. Thank you for that episode, Chelsea. We are going to be moving into our holiday features now. As we record a little bit ahead, we are moving into December now in our releases. Stay tuned next week when we learn about the thievery that is Christianity and have some fun in a merry folk kind of way. As always. As always, I have been Taylor this time the listener. I have always been Chelsea this time. And together we unite forces and become Journey to the Fringe a sum greater than its parts. Is that math? <laughs> yeah. Had to finish off with some math. We started with some <laughs> okay. numbers. Damn it. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to Journey to the Fringe. If you have liked what you have listened to, please like, share, subscribe, or follow, depending on what 
venue you are listening to us through. Also, please, if possible, leave a five-star review as that really helps us in the algorithms. Should you wish to interact with us, please check us out on your social media of choice. I bet you we are there. And if you really want to communicate with us and give us ideas for new episodes or tell us that we're wrong and terrible, either way, please send us an email at journeytothefringe at gmail.com. For now, I'll see you in the next episode. Uh.